Welcome to Quick Trip. Hi. Um, I need some kind of excuse to order another QT pretzel. Wow, that's pretty honest. Yeah, I've been eating a lot lately. <laughs> Have you tried all the flavors? Oh, yeah, even the pumpkin one. Well, they are only $1.99 for a limited time. So you're saying if I don't get one, I'll miss out on the deal? Uh, yeah. You talked me into it. The latest deal at Quick Trip. Get any pretzel for $1.99. No excuse needed. QT, more than a gas station. Left my drink very far away. You can't, you can't podcast with a drink that's not at arm's length. Uh, also, must have friends at arm's length, and I got two of them tonight. Robbo, what's up, man? Hey, what's going on? Robbo, everybody, at Seattle Rams underscore NFL. Also with us. Oh, oh, at Rams, Rams, Rams. Hello, sir. Good evening, jerks. Good evening, jerks. Oh, it's a jerky evening. Uh, Drew the Jerk Breeze just... Set the record for the most passing yards in the history of the NFL for you guys that didn't see. I found that interesting. We've got five weeks Sorry, of the Peyton. NFL books. It's it's a wonderful time to be a Rams fan. It's a wonderful time to be a football fan. It's a wonderful time to be alive. How do you guys spend the weekend, Robbo? I heard you saw a movie. You went to a certain football game. Yeah, yeah. I saw Star Was Born with the wife on Saturday. I saw Star Was Born, which was really good and excellent. Uh, but then I went to... Went to a game that was up here in Seattle this weekend uh, on Sunday with some team uh, whose head coach rammed it at the end, and it was it was excellent. I was there with 68,000 crying fans. It was beautiful. You might say that a star was born that day as well. Ha, 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 ha. Yeah, well, the, uh, the look on, look on uh, some, some Seahawks fans' faces, I would have uh, backed that up because – I, I I had, for the most part, the fans there are are, are boisterous uh, and they're pretty cool. Just like about any, I'm sure, just like most most places. But there are also the ones who don't want to be cool and want to be kind of uh, asshats. Assets, yeah, assets. Uh, so I, I'm with my friend and we're we're watching the game and uh, and we're both dressed up around stuff and we're you know we're cheering but we're not being obnoxious. I don't want to be that guy, but I'm having a good time. And this uh, this guy, a couple of rows in front of me, down a little bit is just. He's giving me the evil eye, and he's kind of talking some crap to me, whatever. And, uh, and at the end of the game, after the uh, the fourth down, silence that entire crowd. He's like looking at me, and I'm like, I had a, a Rams house rally towel. I pulled up, and I'm like, oh, that's two in a row for you, buddy. Maybe maybe this is the Rams house. And I was kind of giving him a hard time, and he was he was not pleased with my taunting. And so uh, you know, I I showed him I showed him a couple of uh, sign language gestures, and uh, and went out to the stadium and had a, had a good time. It was beautiful. It was amazing. That nice. sounds like quite the experience. Joey, yeah, you, you, on the other hand, did not do anything related. Well, I guess you saw the game, but besides that, you had something that was Chicago Cubs related. That's new. Uh, yeah, I have a buddy who is a diehard Chicago Cubs fan so much that at the, um, at the aforementioned 40th birthday party that I spoke of last week. Um, it was essentially Cubs related. Like there was like a Wrigley Field cake and they had 
the um, division series game from like 2016 when they played the Dodgers, like projected onto the wall. So it was like it came from like two years ago that they were just, you know, on site, you know, on mute, just projected onto the wall. And uh, and every you know people spoke because one of those those parties where you know people went up it's kind of like a wedding toast but it was just about oh yeah you know like he's always been a Cubs fan and everything was basically kind of went back to the Cubs and I was just thinking that you know imagining having like a Rams themed party like would you guys if you, <laughs> if you had a big seminal <laughs> birthday and you like tell your significant other or whatever okay I just want like a Sean McVay cake. And uh, <laughs> I want Rampage to be there. And, uh, you know, I just really just want it to just be like Ram It is the only song that's played the entire time. Would you guys do that? What game would you guys have, what game would you guys have projected on the wall? <laughs> last, last Thursday's night's game? No. Um, no, you know, Super Bowl, 1999. Who knows? Yeah. yeah, it would have to be something like something GSOT related, right? Maybe... Maybe the 2004 playoff game up here in Seattle when uh, when they won an OT and Sean McDonald just kind of ran up the tunnel with the ball after the game was over. Uh, Joe Joe was trying to convey the fact that he would watch something really old and that the uh, the 1970s crowd would appreciate. So it would probably be like the the 79 championship game uh, against the Tampa Bay Bucks, right? Uh, the Frank with Corral, the orange pants, the orange pants, crimson or maybe the Maybe the, the game before that when they won in Dallas. I think Frank Corral was the hero of that one. So I'm, I'm pretty sure that's where, where Joe was going uh, with his with his his game he would watch. Yeah. Right. Are you are you back, Joe? Can you? Well, maybe not. Maybe maybe he'll uh, what go with the uh, 1985 NFC Championship game in the Fog Bowl in in, in Chicago. <laughs> would that be a good one for Rams fans to relive? Uh, I don't. I don't think so. Uh, the '89 championship game in San Francisco with the Jim Everett phantom sack would that be a Rams highlight that we w- would want to watch at a significant birthday? These are all the things I've, I've watched in my lifetime and, and have cemented my Rams fandom. Uh, yeah, because Jim Everett was—he basically was my quarterback. Um, you know, next to Jared Goff, obviously. But um, I mean, growing yeah, up, yeah, yeah, I'm back. He was hey, the guy. guy. So I would probably have some Jim Everett related paraphernalia to the um, to the to the themed party. I tell you what, I would. I guess if I could do something like that and go back to my childhood and, and like have relive one moment from my party, I would I would pay Jim Everett and Willie Flipper Anderson to come to my party, and I'd watch them throw a uh, a series of long passes to relive that that epic Flipper game in uh, in New Orleans. Nice. That's that's what I would do. I want I want those guys to complete long passes in my backyard. Um, why not? Sounds great. Let's do that. Yeah, there we go. This weekend. While everyone well, is the saying ram it. I want to go to that party. That sounds fun. Um, yeah, it'll be good. We got a question on here. What was my favorite meal this past uh, meal yeah. weekend? I didn't have a great eating weekend. I had a uh, what. Uh, t- I know, I know. It's kind of uh, uh I cooked a lot. I cooked Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Uh it was a four day weekend for my daughter, so I hit the kitchen quite a bit. Um Friday was just seafood. I'm kinda of sorry. I feel bad that I let you down, Joey. Did you know man? Uh is some, some pickled onions to snack on? 
I did. How did you, how did you know? I did pickle some onions. <laughs> it's her favorite and you're a good father. Wonderful. Um, those are all true. Also true. Uh, the Rams had a hell of a game on Sunday, 33-31. Uh, where do we start? Do we start with the defense? Do we start with the injuries? Do we start with the win Seattle? Where do we need to start? Uh, to the game itself? We can we can yeah. talk. You got you got to start it, Rob. You were there. What? Yeah. Start start with this. Your your sense of where the Rams and Seattle teams are based on you you, you follow these teams obviously incredibly closely. Coming out of this game, where do things stand for the Rams? Well, I think the things stand uh, you know great at five and zero. Oh. Uh, they've got two what, two three game lead in the division and two games on on what everyone else in the NFC for the number one seed. I think. Like they're looking good. If you can go into Seattle, which I don't care how crappy they're playing, and you know, FYI, I think we saw they're they're improving. Uh, how bad they're playing, what the record is, whatever. That that crowd is legit, and I, I don't know how it came through on TV, but I can tell you what, there it's loud as hell, and they're educated fans. The cool thing about those guys, as much as you don't want to give them props, I will I will give them props here, is they know when to cheer and when to shut the hell up. When the Seahawks have, are on, have the ball and they're on offense, it's quiet. Everyone's just there. They're watching. They're rooting. If a big play happens, they cheer. But, you know, Russell can do whatever he wants to do. They're not going nuts. As soon as the other team gets the ball, if they're going to kick off or they're you know, going to start a series or whatever, that, that thing just ratchets up and it gets crazy. So it's, it's a tough place to play. It was cold. You know, L.A. is not a cold place, so it wasn't. Well, it wasn't raining. It was a little misty, whatever. So we could have had a slick ball. Where it's just not an easy place to play with the noise. You've got to have you. You have to be on point with your silent counts, things like that. So, as we've seen in, in years past, it's, it's just not an easy thing to do. So cut them up here, and to execute offensively as well as they did, um, with two of their key guys out for half the game, and to get away. I don't care how you got it. You get the W in the NFL on a division opponent on the road. I think you've got to be pretty pleased. So yeah, I think I think the Rams are looking pretty good. They have they have two opponents that they still should take care of, and over the next couple before the schedule gets harder. So that's good. It gives them some time to fix the shaky run defense, which is not new for for anyone who's been watching this year. Uh, you know, they they kind of held Minnesota in check, but they they have had trouble leading up to this. I've given up almost five yards of rush this year, so this isn't new. And I think the Seahawks we mentioned on the last I mentioned on the last pad podcast the Watch out when they went uh, when they brought in George Fant to play tight end and would go heavy, which they did many times uh, yesterday. They would go uh, three by one, so they had you know one running back. They would go three wides and spread out, and that tight end was uh, George Fant, and they ran zone read off that thing, and they they gashed us many times doing that. Um, I, th- I think uh, I think we're we're in a good spot. You know the Seahawks as well. I I was telling someone earlier I would not be surprised to see them sneak into a wild card spot. Look at how the rest of the NFC is playing out right now. It's it's up and down. You know, one week the Vikings are losing the, to Buffalo. The next week, you know, they're beating someone. Uh, it's the Packers look terrible. I mean, it's it's an, it's that that's there's some spots up for grabs. I, you know, if they keep doing what they're doing, what they did to us, and what they've been, and they frankly they did that the week before as well. Uh, kind of found the running game. Um, that defense is still going to be an adventure, but so is ours. So if they can keep doing that and they control the clock, and you see how Rus- how Russell Wilson is. Uh, able to execute that deep ball. Um, he took advantage of a lot of play action, and Marcus Peters will be the first one to tell you about that. He throws a nice deep ball. They, they can win some games. So I wouldn't be surprised to see them 
if they snuck into the wild card picture here at the end of the year. We'll, we'll see how things shake out. But uh, I think this, the Rams are in good spot, good shape, and I would not be surprised to see the Seahawks come out of this in better shape. Yeah, what's interesting is the Seahawks now have a losing record. They're now two and three. Here are some other teams that do not have a winning record through five weeks. Green Bay, they're two, two, and one, as are Minnesota, Seattle, uh, the Dallas Cowboys, Philadelphia Eagles, and the Atlanta Falcons. So there are a lot of teams that don't have winning records that we thought were going to be pretty uh, competitive to this point. Joey, how, how do you feel after yesterday? Well, I feel like the Seahawks played great. It felt like a game that you would almost forgive the Rams for losing, kind of how they lost that game in Washington at the beginning of last season, where you're like, well, you right. know what? Like, they just got outplayed. But what I, lo- what I loved about this performance is that the offense for the Rams just felt like relentless. They just kept going and going. It kind of reminded me of like the law of the, the law enforcement guys in Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid where they keep looking back and they're constantly following them. They're like, who are those guys? I just felt like the Rams offense was doing that constantly. Like any time that the Seahawks felt like they had a break, felt like they were – had the momentum on their side, the crowd was going. Then, and even when they didn't even have Cooper Cup and Brandon Cooks, you know, you, you're throwing Kaderil Hodge and Josh Reynolds out there, and it didn't feel like they missed a beat, and that was just really encouraging. I think that's the word that I would use about this. I felt encouraged about them going forward, and other games were there because we faced some more adversity. Yeah, it's interesting. I do, I do like that you went with Smokey or Smokey. I was going to say Smokey and the Bandit over uh, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. You could have had a shared, oh, share Buford T. Justice out there. Sound a little bit like Andrew Warworth. Um, yeah, no, it, I think the relentless factor is a good one because it was back and forth. This was, you know, NFC West football. It was physical. It was uh, exhausting. And it took a lot, I would think, out of both teams just to get through it. And that's the way it's supposed to be. And I thought it was uh, a lot of fun. And, uh, yeah, strangely, this is one of those games where obviously there's only one winner. But I felt uh, better about both teams coming out than I did going in, if that makes any sense. But we got one here. Is, is, was this more about Seattle playing good football or the Rams defense struggling? Where, where do you think this one, in terms of that seesaw, what side does it land? I think it has to be Seattle because we know that the Rams defense, you know, has, has some flaws and, and you could, you could exploit them. And it, it felt like Seattle was really um, getting their act together and, and, and they have these injuries. So I think we were assuming like, Oh man, they're, they're a wounded, you know, wounded duck. We're going to roll these guys. I felt like they really kind of stepped up and uh, mm-hmm. yes, we definitely have some issues that we got to figure out on defense, but that isn't, the new story. I think, I think to me, it was more about Seattle. I would agree with that, Joey. Um, we've seen this defensive performance from the Rams a couple of times. We saw it in the first half of the Raider game. We saw it the entire Viking game um, where we just had the, you know, us score teams, but that Seattle team, you know, if you asked fans here what they thought were going into it. I have friends who, who were predicting another blowout, uh, like the 40, right. what, 42, seven game. And uh, I had people texting me at halftime going, well, this, I wasn't expecting this. Wow. And uh, I think it's, I think it speaks more to what the the Hawks are kind of trying to do and get back to their old identity of, of run controlling the line of scrimmage on the offense and running the ball and, 
and and holding on and, and you know possession and things like that. So I, I would go with the, the same thing Joey said. I think it says more about what Seattle's capable of doing than what. And what was about the Rams. what was the magic formula? It was rushes plus completed passes getting to fifty. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> Falling just short, forty-five. They had thirteen completions and thirty-two rushes. Yet again, the magic. I'm I'm very interested in this magic formula. I find it beautiful. Um, yeah. Uh, Seattle only played us to the hilt, and I, I kind of expected. I wanted to go closer when we did our predictions, but you know, obviously, the way we've been playing, the way Seattle been playing. Uh, it just didn't feel like it was headed that way. What's interesting is you get a similar setup next week for the Denver Broncos. We'll have to see how that one shakes out compared to this, but it was definitely uh, a game that we've seen before between these two teams. Uh, Joey, what do you think? Who was your who was your standout player for better or for worse from the Rams yesterday? I think it has to be Marcus Peters because Ooh. he doesn't feel like he's right, and he was he did not look taken good. advantage of. A bunch of times, and I felt like he just looked silly. And there were, you know, four or five plays where he just wasn't where he needed to be, or he didn't get there in time. And I just felt like, yeah, you know, Russell Wilson threw for less than 200 yards, but you know, they had they had three touchdown passes, and it just felt like the defensive backs, um, you know, the other guys too. But it, it felt like we needed Marcus Peters to be the leader, to be the dude, and. I don't know if he came back too early and he's paying for it, or it's just he's back early and he's 70%. Um, I don't think they're going to be honest with that till maybe the end of the season. But you know, we, I think fans are like, oh, we got Marcus Peters out there. But we like to have like 70% of Marcus Peters out there. And we don't want to yeah. keep him. And I think it is, um, you know, it's, it's frustrating to watch. And I know that like Rams Twitter freaks out when <laughs> you see the defense kind of you know, get the ball moved down on the field on them. But, um, yeah, I was uh, I was bummed out to see Peters kind of not look like he did at the beginning of the season. I got a weird one. I'm going to go with Cairo Santos because he missed the extra point. But because yeah. he had nine points on the day, and I don't – I don't about this, if he had missed either of those two field goals, the Rams aren't winning by two points. They're losing by one. And I'm not yeah, sure God. that Sam Ficken would have made both of them. And I, I know it seems, you know, easy to, to say those are completely makeable kicks, and they are, but you're talking about street kickers. If you look at the way kickers are performing around the league right now, it's not a good year for kickers. The kicker talent pool looks really, really shallow. And so, you know, when you're bringing in a guy off the street, and he's not even the first guy. There, you know, the Rams preferred Sam Ficken for better or for worse. It had it didn't work out. They decided to go to Cairo Santos. If you're that far down the pecking order, it says something about you. And missing an extra point should have us kind of, you know, biting our fingernails a bit when he kicks. But at least for Sunday, I thought he did the job he needs to do well enough and helped us get the win. I can feel you itching over there to say something, Robbo. Oh no, I was just thinking. Well, even talking about that. Uh... I was I was uh, on, on that that last field goal that 39 yard, yard, yarder that I ended up winning the game. I was uh, I was right about the 20 yard line looking at it, so I didn't see uh, how ugly some of those were. Uh, but I saw mm-hmm. the the end zone replay, and when he initially hits that ball, if you're watching from the end zone, it's it's going it's going like his extra point, and then it takes this weird kicker like turn, and then straightens out and goes right through that right. When he first hits that ball, it's like oh wow, did he just shank that thing? Uh, I don't know how kickers do it. That's why they get paid to do it and why don't. 
But you know, when you first watched that ball come off his foot, you're thinking Shankalicious. Uh, but I agree with you. He he did what he had to do, and uh, they won the game because of it. My guy. That would being be, said, oh go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I was, I was just saying, my guy. Nice, nice, nice. <laughs> you got it, Rob. Yeah, really live pod, live pod. Uh, I was going to say, my guy is uh, is Mr. Robert Woods. And McVay alluded yeah. to, uh, you know, he got a game ball because of it. Um, if you look in the first half, it was more of the Cooper Cup show, right? He had six for 90 and a touchdown, and he was, you know, he was picking up right where he left off on the Vikings game. Uh, he goes down, Cook goes down, and then you've got Jay Ray and Cadell Hodge out there, and you've got, you got uh, Robert Woods, who just, he, he could almost be like, we talked about uh, Whitworth being the MVP uh, leading up to this point, but that performance was almost MVP worthy. He switched positions, which I don't know is super easy. Uh, he switched and played Cooper Cup's role in, that, in, in the offense the entire second half. He had five for 90 something in a, in a, and uh, did he have a score? I don't think he had a score. Five for no. 90. No. He was returning punts as well. So he's, what are they? That's the third punt return they've had to use this year. Um, and he's, you know, he's, his leadership ability to to take J. Ray in and Hodge and make sure they were, uh, you know, straight for uh, knowing what was going on. And it sounds like they had a pretty good grasp of what was happening. I think uh, we heard that they had a few questions, but not much. But just, the, you know, that leadership and, the, you know, all right, my two my two hosses are out. I'm going to just step up here and make plays. He takes the end round. He had the longest rush, rush of the game for the Rams. He uh, had a couple key catches uh Late in the game, that that one I think it was in the fourth quarter, leading to the to the field goal when he when he uh, you know catches it, you know, it's like 15, 16 yards right. goes down. Nobody touches him. He gets back up and gets another five or six yards. He just battled and he showed um, that he is the single best bargain in the NFL right now. We've, when we signed him, people were all ticked off, and now it's like, wow, how good is Robert Robert Woods? And we got him cheap. Um, so I'm going with Robert Woods. Robert Woods uh, played his butt off of that game and, and really is like an unsung hero. He he really just kind of did it all. So Robert Woods. Very, very good pick. The one thing I was going to say about Cairo Santos that uh, normally I'd let this go, but I got to get in there, kickoff until Greg Zerling's back. And Lord, I hope it's next week. Ooh, those kickoffs were. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Onward really... and upward. Report card, Joey. Um, your grades, quarterback, A minus, running back, A, wide receiver, A minus, tight end, C, offensive line, A minus, defensive line, C minus, linebacker, C plus, defensive backs, D, special teams, A, coaching, A. I got two quibbles with you. Number one, you're yeah. going through two interceptions. Why an A minus? Why not lower? Uh, because um, he's my boy. And, uh, Fair enough. <laughs> no, because I, I, I'm a little bit easier on a quarterback when it's a deflection, the ball bounces up in the air and then somebody catches it, rather than he just throws the ball directly to the defender. Um, sure. Yeah, maybe it's because it, 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 was, it, was, it was inaccurate. But I think the first one, I felt like he was, he was really forcing it. He was really confident. But I felt like you do that play, you know, nine, you know, ten more times or. And it's 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 it's, it's going to be a completion. Uh, sure. Other times, and the the and and the and the other one, um, I, again, you know, it was it was just him trying to make plays, and I'm and I'm and I'm fine with that. I think what was what what really put me, um, I think, over the line of getting him an A was was the fact that um, he just felt really poised in 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 a really sort of a tough environment. They were behind in the fourth quarter. 
And yeah, he didn't throw a touchdown pass to win the game, but I felt like that fourth and one was was great. And I just thought it was really good for him to, to kind of, you know, once he got out of that pile and, you know, he's, he's, he's moving his arms for the first down. It just, it just felt like that's a golf. We don't get to see a lot. And he just really came have, up. Have we ever like seen, have we ever seen golf that juiced? No, maybe the, no, not even when he was drafted, he wasn't that juiced. I don't think so. And, and, and that, that's what we want. And I feel like, he needs to be a leader of this team. And I think when they're starting to do stuff like that, you're like, that is the field general of the team. And um, yeah, I think that was his play of the game. And he had, you know, he had some nice plays. I mean, he, he put up some, some, some big numbers and uh, yeah, I, you know, on, on Twitter, I felt like the big reaction was giving the D to the defensive backs because um, it felt was very reactionary that I was being too hard on them. And uh, I was, I was going to ask why you gave him a D and not an F. <laughs> that was my other great. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, yeah, well, it's, 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 they did it's, have it's that one, one deflected where... pass by Troy Hill. So that got from the D to the, from the F to the D, right? Troy Hill did have a deflected pass. Like, like yeah, back. had that. That, that that penalty that I'm still angry about. Um, now, it's funny. I think there's a disconnect that people talk about a lot with Surf Show Times and, and the fans, on Twitter at least, is they feel like we're too hard on these guys, that we are haters and, you know, we're constantly being unfair. We're not giving them the benefit of the doubt. But we also, I don't know, it's, it's we really want to give them A's. I mean, if... <laughs> If these guys had great games, I think we'd be like, A plus, everybody gets one. But you have to call it when, you know, when it's not what it should be. And I think the um that defense was just a sieve, you know. They were just they weren't they weren't stopping when they need to. I mean, they were, they made they made some nice stops near the end of the game, but I don't know, man. I mean I think there was it was C's and D's out there on the defense. Did you see Ndamukong Sue uh, gave get a, driven back six point. yards? Oh, and yeah. Yeah, that, on that, yeah, that first touchdown. Uh, I'm kind of wondering about the C minus. Did the D line? They had two sacks, but they didn't. They they were dominated in that game. That D line was pretty much. That dominated. was the worst. That was easily the worst game of the season. And yeah. Yeah, I mean that was all. Then he put on the special analysis. Yeah, I mean it was it was nice to see Sue Sue get in there and um and and you know get after the quarterback and that and that sack was is fun to see and even though they called back the play on the linebackers, uh, Long Anchor had a nice sack that it didn't count, but it was um it was good to see him kind of get after the quarterback. But it seems that seems to be the big thing people are also talking about. It's like oh should we get an edge rusher? Like you know what are we gonna do? This is not this can't stand. We can't go through the rest of the season with. Um, Long Edgar and Evercam and, um, you know, like, well, you know, what are we going to do? And it felt like also Mark Barron, it, it felt, he felt really tentative. It felt like he was back and he made some kind of plays, but I don't know. It, it, I just felt they just weren't polished and they were, they were, you know, on the road. I expect the defense to play better next week, yeah, but um, who knows? Again, I mean, they, Denver. They uh, they just the defensive line I thought played poor. 
I mean, when you give up 190 yards rushing, it's on the defensive line and the linebackers. The linebackers, I mean, I know Corey Littleton had a few few tackles. He had a the blocked punt. Um, he had a deflection. He had he had moments where he was pretty good. But overall, when you give up 190 on the ground, and uh, it wasn't even close, you got to start you know being honest. And I would love to to be you know, hey, we won and this is great, nothing's wrong. But at some point, you're gonna need those guys to not have to make a game saving drive stop in, in late in the fourth quarter to seal your win. You, you're going to need them who are, these guys are being paid pretty well to, you know, step up. Rocker, Sue, and Donald this should be the strength of this team. And uh, you got Sue to help stop the run. We had a problem last year stopping the run. It was all on Alec Ogletree. He's the problem. Oh, Alec's the problem. Well, let's get rid of Alec and Robert Quinn and we'll put Corey Littleton in there and we'll bring Sue in to kind of stop the middle and that's going to be the, the fix. And it, it really hasn't been that way, right? Uh, there's been some splash plays, but overall, teams have been able to run just like they were able to run on this team last year. So they're going to need to address that and they're going to need to do it quickly. Um, they got some, they got some heavy hitters coming up after these next two games. And at that point, we're going to find out, you know, uh, what we, what we've got on this defense, because that'll be week, what, seven and eight, something like that. So that's, that's kind of where I'm, I'm looking at those guys. They just, that that front seven has got to look in the mirror and and stand the rush lanes and uh, get off blocks and and, and make the play. Well, what, what yeah. do you guys think about the defense? This is a defense that's given up eighty five points over the last three games. Is this? Do you think this is more representative of who the defense is than what we got the first two games playing the Raiders and the Cardinals, or, or do you think that maybe things have swung too far in the other direction and that they're primed to clean things up? I think it's more representative of the NFL right now. Mm. teams are scoring at will. I mean, I think that seems to be the narrative for the first four weeks is these quarterbacks are putting up insane numbers and, you know, teams are just moving the ball down the field. I mean, yeah, you're getting some games, you know, like the Browns and the Ravens with like 12 to nine or whatever. But um, I mean, the, 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 the Rams are put, they're throwing up 30 points. So when they give up 30 points, it's like, yeah, it's cause for concern, but also, you know, these, these, Somehow these 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 um, these offenses are just really kind of clicking right now. I think it is a concern, obviously, and it felt like that was the big deal this off season with the Rams. You know, stopping the run and getting these big time cornerbacks. So, yeah, I mean, I think I think it's the Akib Talib effect. I really feel like they're missing him right now. I think when he was on the field, they were a different defense. And he, he's a leader. He's a captain, right? Exactly. For a reason. Exactly. And that is not there on the defensive back portion of the field. Yeah. And I think combining that with Marcus Peters not being right. And also, you know, having Mark Barron finally show up. I mean, it just feels like whatever our defense is, we've, we've only seen it for like a, like a, a glimpse. We haven't really had everybody all together. And that's, that's the NFL. I know everybody gets hurt and stuff, but, um, you know, we haven't had everybody at the same time at 100%. Yeah, I I, I was thinking about the Akib Tlaib effect uh, yesterday as well. Think of, boy, you know, they, of the two guys who got hurt, I would rather have seen Marcus Peters go away for eight weeks than Akib Tlaib for that reason. Um, I, I like Peters a lot. I, I think he, you know, he reminds me a lot of Janoris where he's going to gamble. He's going to get caught looking. Um, but all those plays weren't on him either. If you... If you think back, he got torched on the sluggo 
um, by by Moore. Moore took him with a slant yeah. go, and uh, he was caught looking, and that was just, you know, that was 100% on him. But the one before that one, it was Lockett that beat him over the middle. Um, I was watching the game back last night, and it looked like the Rams were in cover three, which means 10 guys played that correctly, and one of the two safeties did not. They were both down in the box. And in cover three, you should have someone up, you know, single high, um, you know, covering the deep middle. And he, man, it looked like he was expecting help over the top, and there was just nobody there. So, if that's the case, and they're truly playing cover three, if not, they're playing cover zero. Um, you know, cover zero is when you have an all-out blitz, and you're just you know, you're getting there quick, and you got to get the ball out. Um, then they completely failed on that because he had all day to throw that ball. And so there was a breakdown on if it was cover three, one of the safeties was uh, incorrect in their positioning, and if it was cover zero, and there were you know just a huge blitz coming after him and trying to get the ball out, then they failed on that as well. So there was. There's some stuff to clean up there, definitely, and they're going to have to figure it out. It just They're just going to have to. It's how it is. Um, yeah. Wade's, we t- keep talking about it. He's a generational defensive coordinator. I see, like, Ben Albright. Saying he's the best D coordinator of his lifetime, things like that. Well, it's uh, it's time to earn that earn that title, my friend, because uh, you've got some work to do. I thought yesterday was a little bit unique compared to the previous two games where, number one, it was the worst game from the defensive line this season, and I thought that just had an outstanding effect, obviously, on the run game, but on the passing game, too. And I think to that end, the other second factor was Russell Wilson making plays just just out of nothing in, in a way that Kirk is, Cousins and Phillip yeah. Rivers were making plays all by design. Russell Wilson just shit up, and it's really annoying. He's the best. Is he like the best in league at off-schedule just bullshit that turns into Rob, the Aaron, Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers is really good. Yeah, uh, guys, Russell guys, um, it's, no, no, Jared Goff. <laughs> nope, Patrick Mahomes. He's been Mahomes. doing it all okay. weeks, guys. Doing it. Too. Give he's him the best in those five weeks. Yeah, but you're right. He's he's great when that happens, right? Things break down. And, you know, he just does that Russell thing. And more often than not, it turns into a big play. It's a chunk play. It's not, it's not Russell. A perfect example of that is was early in the game when they had Vanette, right? He's being flushed out to his, uh, to his left. It looks like he's going to go down, and Vanette releases, and he's just like a little shovel pass. And that thing went. Chest pass. Yeah. Jesus, how far did that ball go? Um, is that the one that Sue had to chase him like 40 yards down the field? Or is there another one? Yeah. Of those? But, yeah. I think it's that one. That's the kind of stuff that Russell Wilson does. And. Um, the fans up here, I could tell you right now, are, are pretty ticked off because he doesn't do it enough. And the, they're pointing fingers at Shoddy and Peach Carroll for kind of like reining in it, letting them do the not let uh, not letting them do the Russell thing. Um, so we'll see. But that's he's just he, it's it's aggravating. I think Sansom Abukam even mentioned that he's like, you know, I should have had him twice, and you know, he did that Russell Wilson thing and he got away from me. Uh, I'll get him one of these times. But it, it's it's frustrating. It's, it is frustrating to watch him do do that because uh, you know it's coming. It's coming. You have him bottled up, and it's coming. Yeah, you know what's great? Is, I don't know. Corey Littleton deflected that pass. I thought yep. that was was pretty awesome. It's just weird. It's one of those things. I don't know how you defend it. I mean, the answer is you don't. You just have to limit the impact of it, and it's one of those things that, you know, we're not. The case is not doing that next week. We're not getting that from C.J. Beathard in two weeks. So I'm glad to be past this game. I get criticized the defense for not handling it well, and they didn't. But it is a pretty singular thing that you face with Russell Wilson, and I thought that was uh, it was what it was. And I'm glad to put that back in the fridge and put the damn lock on it. Moving forward, something much more fun. McVay's brass balls. Good lord. Oh um, <laughs> my goodness. What? Do you, what? Do you, I mean, it's it's. I was doing a podcast earlier today. 
and I said, the, the call to me isn't as important as the effect it has on the rest of the NFL. And what was funny was I tweeted that afterwards. As, after the game, I tweeted that when, when the Rams do that, it's, it's less about the call and it's more about the culture and the personality of the team. And the, we, I've seen 20 articles today about how this is the Rams and they believe in each other and they're aggressive and they're going to go for it. But what's funny is I tweeted that the rest of the league has to live in the shadow of that call. And what's funny is that night the Dallas Cowboys get a mm-hmm. late fourth down call and yeah. don't go. For, and and th- that's what happened. What, what you end up getting is 31 NFL fan bases that look at McVay and the Rams and say, I wish that was my team and I wish that was my head coach. Hell yeah. Rich Eisen did that today. Did you see that on his show? I did not. He, he talked about uh, two, two coaches presented with, with very similar circumstances. One went for it and got it. And, you know, another one did not. He was, he, and he talked about the only way you can really do that as a coach is you have to feel like you have job security, that it's not going to cost you your job. If you do this and you screw it up and you lose, he like McVay certainly does. He said, but he's like, you know what? Jason Gester, uh, Jason Gester, <laughs> former WSU quarterback, uh, Jason Garrett, um, should have just as much job security. You know, Jerry Jones, he's been his guy for years. And why the hell didn't he do it? And he was, they were even actually on the other side of the field when they did that. Right. They were on, yeah. on the Houston yeah. 43. He's like, you know, McVay did it on his old 40, 42. And so what the hell are you doing? And so that's like you said, it's our, it's, it's, it's the narrative out there. Sean McVay is, is got to, you know, put the target on 31 other coaches just now by doing that. And I love it. I love it. Yeah, it's it's your guy. And if he if it failed, how would we be talking about that today? Why didn't you punt it? You paid his defense all this. Money. I mean, that's what we do as fans. We second guess sure. the hell out of everything, and that would be happening I, right and left. I would I would be cool with it, and I think you have to be cool with it because if you have a guy like McVay as your as your as your uh, coach, you just have to kind of let you know those those kind of gambles just play out, you know, because this is a game. And it's fun. And I think these moments are thrilling when they work out and they're, you know, aggravating when they don't, but it's, uh, I'm sure everybody has, has seen the cult classic movie, the girl next door with Timothy Oliphant, but he has that line is the juice worth the squeeze. And I feel like here it is, you know, you really were going to give the other team a chance to, 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 you know, to, to have the ball around midfield and you know you're just like let's let's keep it going. I mean let's just let's just shut this game down right now. And what the hell is this movie is, that I'm looking up, Joey? What is this? What? You, wait, hold, hold, you haven't seen the girl next door? Joe has not I've seen never any good comedy. Goodness, Joe, that is one of the all-time greatest movies. Not it's, like it's Oscar I don't know it's, it's, I love it. Love it. It's it's with Alicia Cuthbert, and so the 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 setup is it's like this high school kid. And he ends up meeting this girl who is a um, a porn star, and uh, but she's not the girl next door. And he ends up uh, taking her to prom. Hot. Hot. <clears throat> right? Hot. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I yeah. know nothing of this. <laughs> it's a great movie. It, 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 it's like a teen. It's a teen sex comedy. It's a teen, um, but, but, it's, but it has heart. It has some heart. Um, it's so like anyways, so one of the big lines, one of the kind of thematic lines that kind of runs through it, is um, you're is a the porn juice. star. Oh no! No, I thought that was the line. Yeah, don't don't watch it with a girls. Um, 
even though it's played very kind of like heartwarming, I think girls kind of always fold their arms. People talk about it because the heartwarming story of a porn star taking a boy to prom. You almost want to do like the uh, cheesy '90s trailers, like Father of the Bride music in the background. Yeah, a porn yeah. star, a lonely yeah. boy, a matchup <laughs> made in heaven. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much, yeah, they kind of play like a Cameron Crowe movie. Anyways, um, it's awesome. Watch it. Yeah. And so is so is John McVay. He's awesome. Yeah, he's, he's, he's a good one. He's boys. our porn star. He's our football porn yep. star. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't want to be Sean McVay today? What Ram fan does not want to like be that guy, right? What team doesn't want McVay to be their coach? Like at, at this, I get look the Kansas City Chiefs are five and zero. I get it; they're comfortable, but I feel like every single fan base is looking at the Rams and looking at McVay and saying, "Damn, I wish the guy was our head coach." Can I read you a text I received after that game from a Seahawks fan? Uh, He wishes he has a porn star. There's no chance this man has got a career in porn unless he's uh, uh, working the counter at the rental uh, store. Don't judge Um, judge a book by its mustachioed cover. (laughs) My buddy uh, sent me this text. Where the hell is it? It's, uh, gosh, it's a great text about Sean McVay. Oh, he's, uh, he's, he's just gushing about it. And he's like, you know what? Um, he's complaining about the Hawks, and he says we more we need we need we need to build a team like yours. So so many solid players and your coach. He's awesome. He says I'd love to have him as a coach. I like Pete, but he's almost done. I I just really need to find me a young, exciting coach like like your guy. And so yeah, nice. I mean that's that's from a guy who roots for a team that won a Super Bowl five years ago, and has been the best yeah. team in the division for a while. And so. Yeah, he's he's Sean McVay is is boy that kid's hot. And do, does anyone even think about him being thirty two more? That whole narrative is done, right? Now he's just a gas coach well. takes who who's potentially could be around for a long, long time. And what about the narrative so, of him choosing not to play any of the players, the offensive players in the preseason? Do you feel like if he does that next year, we're, we're going to be like, yeah, cool, do it? I think it. I think it's going to be the opposite. I think like they're going to be like 16 teams Why who you don't playing? play their guys in the preseason, and they'll be like, oh, look, I'm going to follow Patrick Vey, and he's going to play his guys in every preseason game. He's going to be like, nope, Galaxy Braid, switching it up. The new yeah, curveball totally. is every snap preseason week one. Jerry Goff, and everybody's going to be like, oh, you can't do that. He might get hurt, and then they're going to be even better. Um, the Brandon Cooks hit, I, I don't know. I've got, I've got a long talk on this, so I'll save it for last and hope that my audio doesn't break up because I find this maybe the most fascinating play of the Rams season and not yeah. because of the football, but more because of fans reaction to it. What, what did you guys think? I didn't think it was a penalty. I still, I've, I've seen it 40 times. I still don't. What do you guys think? Joe, you want to go first? Yeah. I mean, I thought it was um, worrisome. I mean, I had a very visceral reaction to it. I think about how he was uh, taken out of the Super Bowl with a concussion, and I feel like how many concussions, major concussions, can a guy endure before he, his career's done? Especially, you know, these days uh, with all the science that they have, where they're finally not ignoring all the CTE stuff. And so when he was, you know, the the the, the announcers didn't really talk about it too much, but I mean, he was unconscious for a couple seconds. Sure. And so I, I wasn't thinking about, oh, is it a penalty? Was it a dirty hit? Was it this? I'm more thinking like, 
is he done? And j- j- just the thing of like, you know, it's just, we just so wasted we really dollars? look at it again. And, and yeah, the, the shoulder, you know, what, what went to his head or like part of the helmet. But to me, it was all about the speed of how fast that guy was tracking him and, 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 sure. and hitting him. That he was a little bit kind of, even though he was moving, it felt like he was kind of uh, a sitting duck. And it was, it was to, to me, I, I, I refer to it as just like it's, it's, it was just an ugly football play. It wasn't a dirty football play. It's just the sport has ugly plays. It's just baked into what the game is. And especially when you're a wide receiver and you're, you know, and, and just uh, the timing's off. Um, I just, I, I felt like he just got laid out and, um, you know, he was, he was up on his feet and, you know, I, I know some Rams fans are talking about it. They're like, oh, it's not a big deal. It's just a concussion. It's going to be fine. But I don't know. I'm just really sensitive about concussions. And I feel, I feel like – You do have empathy. You do have concussion empathy. I, I really do. And I felt like that that movie, Concussion, really kind of struck a chord with me. I also felt like oh, – I think the fact of the cover-up with the NFL, I really thought that that was like an um, – just tragic, you know, with the junior Seau stuff and like all these players are like killing themselves, you know, years after they, they, they're playing and, you know, hearing Jim McMahon, how he's like in the middle of a supermarket and doesn't know where he is. I just don't want to, to like cheer for these guys and like be behind them. And then when they retire being like, good luck having major trauma with your brain. And I feel like that's not the normal thing for people to worry about as football fans. I think we're kind of like, no, man, like, he got his clock wrong. Like, that's the sport. It's cool. Like, don't be a pussy. But um, I don't know, man. I'm like, <laughs> I really worried about him and his livelihood going into the rest of his life when they get hit like that. But um, you, I know that, you really scared you know, me right there when you said that the movie Concussion changed your thinking. I thought you were going to say The Girl Next Door, and I was going to say, Joey, I don't care what happens in that movie. It has nothing to do with concussions. You can't change my mind. What would you think, Robbo? Uh, major hit. What, what, was your, what was your feeling when you saw it? What was well, your I watched it live. You uh, it was uh, on the opposite side of the field for me, so it was, it was, uh, I didn't have a great view, but I just saw him get lined up and, and just dropped. And I was on the Rams sideline, side so it was even opposite, you know, completely opposite. So I couldn't didn't have a great view. They showed the re- replay a couple times, but I, I mean – like Joey said, it was one of those bang bang plays where you're like, wow. And then you see him laying there for a bit. And you know, I saw the, the Seahawks medical staff like rush to the field and, and like get on him immediately. Well, like they're almost on the field and Seahawks are, are jumping on the ball on the turf, right? I mean, they're, they were right jotting in the spot. So, you know, hats off to those guys recognizing that and getting out there, even though it wasn't their player. Um, so that's, that's kind of where I was at in the stands. But when I got home and recorded the game, and I went back and watched it. I watched that play half dozen times or so and I actually then I pulled up my computer and was able to do some screenshots and I, I tweeted them out but if you look and this is something I noticed um, in the Viking game as well and he I, don't, I would have to go back and look at the Super Bowl play but when he gets into when he gets into a situation when, he, when contact is coming he lowers his head he did it I noticed in the Viking game times. and yeah. he he just he drops his head so I, I went back and I watched that I did like frame by frame and as context is coming, he drops his head completely down and exposes the crown of his head, and he got he got rocked. He got grazed with the helmet, and then the shoulder came through and hit him in the ear hole when he lowered his head. Uh, and I don't know that you can blame a defender for that. I mean, they're not going to – you want to protect the guy. Um, that's that's not kind of where I'm going here, but they also have to do their job. And when the, when the play like that happens, when it's bang, bang, uh, and a player lowers his head, there's no way for the defender to – 
adjust. Once once he's loaded and going, uh, it's that's this is where I'm going to hit you, and that's just how it's going to be. And when you lower your head, and it reminded me a lot of the of the Godwin play last year. Um, Goodwin play from from the 49ers when Marky Christian Marky Christian blew him up on the goal line and everyone was all the Rams fans were up in arms about well yeah we lowered his head and that's not a penalty and I'm not sure this was a penalty yesterday either um, it's it's very similar I don't think there was intent to do it, it he just lowered his head and he got rocked and that's kind of what happened um, and then it was it, as we've talked about I just noticed it from a, you know, a couple of weeks ago and it's it's something going forward the, that we're gonna have to keep an eye on and radio here this morning uh, every Monday morning. Hugh Millen is a former Rams quarterback in the 80s. He's also a University of Washington Husky. He lives here in the area. Yep. And they do uh, this hardcore football thing. So I'm driving to work. I'm listening to them talk about it. And they talked about this play. And he said, you know, he brought up a good, good point. He said, you know what? It's people are, people are trained from being in the womb. When, when danger comes, you, you get in the fetal position to protect yourself. And he said, football players have been doing this their entire life. When, when that happens, the more, majority of them, Try to get small. They they go in that position, and it's just it's just a reaction. He said. Uh, so he had this huge this this huge run up about how nature is like that. That you're not going to be able to correct that behavior. It's just something that happens, and it's not a penalty. It's just unfortunate. And I'm not sure they're going to be able to clean that part of the game up. They want you to hit with the shoulder. Um, so you know, we'll see. But it's it's just something that it's unfortunate. I didn't think it was a penalty. I don't think it's a penalty. And, uh, and not like I said, Brandon Cook's fault, but he did bring that on himself, um, just as you know, Goodwin did for the 49ers last year. What I, what I think is interesting, and maybe this is where having three fans of our age group works against us a bit because we're all kind of in agreement that it wasn't egregiously you know, malicious and Rob and I don't even think. Did you th- did you think it was a penalty, Joey? Would you have thrown a flag on that? I uh, yeah. If I was a referee, I'd probably throw a penalty. But um, you know, I I don't think it would be like a, a fine or a- anything that the league has to do. Did you guys notice but, the Mark Barron hit? Similar, not yeah. as violent, but Barron had came in with his with his noggin and, and clocked a guy in the head as well. Seahawks fans were complaining about that. I'm not sure that was a penalty either. Violent. Right, and that's the difference was the violence, and that's what I thought. I thought about it last night. I thought about it overnight. And I, b- being now older, this was the first time where I felt like I was part of the old man football club, being one of the guys saying, no, this is part of football, right? And, and, be, and being one of the people who you – know, the, the old you – know, when, when you've got the people saying, um, you know, it's a – contact sport and it's flag football and like joey said uh we're you can't be a pussy this is just football this was kind of the first time where i was shocked at how obvious i was in that group and he, here was why i it's, it's not that i didn't think it was a penalty and it wasn't even that discrepancy what what i find fascinating about this and i've thought about this a, a decent amount today at some point recently maybe it was like three years ago maybe it was four years ago whatever it was Zero percent of fans and media would have thought of anything about this play except, well, that's a big hit. Nobody, w- nobody would have thought it was a penalty. Nobody would have thought there was anything malicious. Nobody would have thought that this was otherwise remarkable except that it was a big hit. It, just, it would have been just a play, the same, the same as the last play before it. That was just part of football. Cooks got rocked, and that you go on. What I find fascinating was that there was a plurality of fans whose instinct, whose immediate instinct to the hit was, it was dirty, he should be ejected, 
and that the NFL needs to look at it. What, what's interesting to me, and this is why I mentioned the whole age thing, is, is that maybe we're not uh, the appropriate people for something like this because the NFL is clearly moving on hits to the head and dangerous, especially when it relates to quarterbacks. But even in other places, defenseless receivers, you know, targeting the, the kind of penalty that we're talking about here. J.B. Long had, I thought, the best tweet on it that kind of looked at the three components of what would have been a penalty here and kind of looked at one of them in the question mark and said that he thought that Tedrick Thompson pulled his head out at the end, and which kind of made it not a penalty. But the, the point was that for something that up until three years ago or whatever, 0% of people would have eaten. It's not just that they wouldn't have had a problem with it. They wouldn't even considered the idea that anything about it was problematic, that now there are fans whose instinct is to immediately go to the extreme and think that's an egregious, ejectable play. And I find that fascinating in a, in a year where we started off with the Clay Matthews hit and talking about roughing the passer because I, I guarantee what, what kind of my takeaway was, I guarantee you by week 10, week 11, you would have had fans anytime Jared Goff got sacked on what would no, be a normal sack that, Robo, we've been watching football for – you've been watching football more than I. For 35 years, I've been watching football, and that's just football. And sacks were part of football. And I'd, I'm shocked that there are people who can twist their instincts to fit this new shape of football with as much ease as people did. What you got? 2014, Rodney McLeod destroys Emmanuel Sanders in, the, in St. Louis. Way, way more dangerous way worse. than the hit last night. Way worse. Was not a penalty, and people actually loved it. And they actually had the, the, the rule that was maybe the first or second year of defenseless receiver. That wasn't even called. And that was a vicious. That's as vicious. I hit. You're going to see a safety put on uh, a receiver. Have you seen the hit, Joey? Do you know what we're talking about? Oh yeah, yeah. I was yeah. going to say, don't watch it. It'll crank yeah. that empathy up to ten. Yeah, yeah. You'll start a GoFundMe for Emmanuel Sanders right now. That's 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 how vicious <laughs> that. Just it's horrible. Absolutely, a train wreck. But that, that and, well, and yeah, I, it's it's. I get the idea that the NFL doesn't want those hits, and I get how dangerous it is. What I don't get is fans who go from 2014, Rob, being totally okay with that, to their instincts being retrained by now, to when it happens to our guy to say, throw that guy, that, that, that it was malicious, and that he needs to be thrown out of the game. I've been watching football for 35 years. I, don't, I can't train my instincts that quickly. I don't know how people do it. No, I can't either. Well, yeah, but I, I think, you know, you talk about three years, and that's around the timing of when people really started to admit that, right. that, that you know, with the CTE and, 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 and all, all of the, um, the brain problems that can come from these hits. I mean, it was like early 2000s. We were watching the beginning of NFL Madden. It was just clips of guys getting their, their, their clock rung, if you will. Rock. But, I mean, growing up, I used to watch Andre Waters and just go, man, that guy has some dirty hits. That guy is crazy how hard he hits guys. And what happened? Andre Waters. You sure. know, like, yeah. Maybe, yeah. maybe people don't care because he's not on the field anymore, but, like, right. you know, he died because of CTE. You know, and you have, like, it's, it's I think it's sobering and, you know, the, like, I've been saying for a while that I think it's the biggest problems the NFL has. And I feel like it totally makes sense that they are doing whatever they can to, um, to keep the league prosperous and moving forward in the next 20 years, because 
I strongly feel like if they never would have done anything like three, four, five years ago, if they would have just went old school football like you were talking, Joe, um, I think they would have been bankrupt in 20 years. I, I think that they would have been toast and they would have been covered in lawsuits and they would have been sued out their ass and it, it, it would be just this long, slow death of the league. And I think this is going to save the league. I feel like it's not as exciting. It's going to, it's going to, to make some old school people think, oh, yeah, watching flag football. But I think it's the only way that they're not going to have, lo- you know, just hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of losses. I still and think maybe they're, they're, they're in trouble, but. Yeah. No, and, uh, honestly, like 24, 48 hours ago, I, I, I really think this was a bit of a watershed for me. Not because of the play, but because of people's reactions. Because what they weren't reacting to the concussion. Cup got a concussion, and nobody – that was – Rob talked about the Mark Barron hit. Nobody said to throw Mark Barron. What they were responding yeah. to was, was the brutality of the play. Yes. And what, yeah. what, what mm-hmm. I find confusing is the brutality has been there for decades. The, the, there's, been, there's, been, there's been an opportunity, if you were opposed to the brutality – when that when those kind of hits happen, to say, oh, that's unacceptable, or that's uh, you know d- deeply unsettling in a way that shakes my hand in the football, the w- the way that it did for people yesterday, and 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 I'm not, I could have understood it if it was like you know 15 year old kids who have only watching football or like uh like first generation immigrants, people who haven't been watching football for a long time. I found it. I found it incredibly confusing to see people who have watched that much brutality, as as football fans have of a certain age, who have now retrained themselves to fit the new NFL. And and maybe what's most interesting about it is what it means is that the NFL's in charge. The the idea that they can change the rules and that fans will follow suit. I think to me maybe that's what kicked in. And the idea that if they want to change the roughing the passer rule, fans are going to work their way around it and not the other way. Uh, around yeah i don't know yeah. i was shocked by it i really was huh what, did, <sighs> they have any, did they have anything about big hits in the girl next door was there anything about being rocked by a line yeah man there's some both you guys turned into 17 drops <laughs> yeah there's some big ones just getting plowed. Um, Andrew, there is, a, there is a big one. Oh. There is a big one in that movie, right? Uh, I'm find not out at the end. Watch it. A, I don't think I can get the cold arc. I might. I hate you guys. Um, <laughs> Andrew Whitworth. We had a uh, good one um, from Andrew Whitworth hosting an event in L.A. today. Uh, the Rams Night of Wishes had some good events. Check out the tweet if you haven't seen it. It's pretty cool. He brings up Jared Goff uh, to help. Uh, give out some tickets to one of the attendees. It's a really cool moment. But if you looked at the quotes that he had after the game, he was really, and he said it again tonight at the event, talking about how this team is special and that the relationships are special. How, what do you, do you guys buy into the sincerity of that? And if you do, how much do you think that has an effect? Go for it, Rob. Uh, I mean, yeah, I do. I think you form a you form a bond with these guys, and uh, look at look at some of the most successful teams over the history. I mean, they they've been around. They for the most part they they like each other and they 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 look at each other as a family. Every time the Rams break something down, it's family, it's family. And I think you you can see that these guys 
all like playing for each other, not with each other, but for each other. I think they they truly do have that uh, that you know this is this is these are my guys. And I'm gonna do whatever I can for them and, and not being selfish. Uh, Robert Woods is a great example. He could have said, "No, nah, man, I ain't, I ain't gonna play that cup role. You just figure it out." No, I'll do it, and we'll get the other guys who are more comfortable aside in. And Whitworth is is just another example of, of him and Goff. It's like you know two bosom buddies. Um, I think they just truly care about each other. And, you know, Goff has that with his receivers, especially Robert Woods and his Cooper Cup. And um, hopefully Cooks will get there at some point. I just think those guys, I mean, I think they just, they really like each other. And I think there's, I think there's a lot to that. Who needs to host the next barbecue, Joey? Well, I think, uh, I think Goff has to host, man. I think he needs to, to, to bring I, the guys Goff over. Roger Saffold needs to host the next one. Sure. Oh, Can you imagine Jared Goff hosting? What hey guys. Jared, what is, is this a is, is this a piss rag? What is this? Sorry, <laughs> I thought I got I thought I got rid of that. So just Sorry, uh, put, put it on the chair over there. I'll get it or not. Just don't don't worry about it. <laughs> Oh, exactly. and if you find any others, put those piss rags on the uh, the main piss rag. I need to keep it together for Tuesday. Thanks. Jared Goff would like hit the bonds, get himself a bag of Tostito scoops and some uh, some queso, pop the lid, open up the bag, leave it on the counter. And, Help yourself, guys. That, that's on me. He just he would talk. Jared Goff would be a bad host. I can't imagine. Well, this is, this is good the host. good spinach artichoke dip. I heated it up, man. It's good stuff. <laughs> yeah, man. It's I, I got it at, at Ralph's. It's a TGI Friday spinach right. dip. I got some bagel bites chilling in the uh, in the in the oven. It's gonna have a good party, bro. Gonna have a good party. And oh, then Whitworth hey, shows Coop. up going. Hey yo, Coop, bring the Totinos and hey yo, Higgs, do me a favor. Uh, <laughs> look in the freezer. Do we have any more of that Halo? You don't like Halo Top? Dude, birthday cake. Get on. Come on, man. Guys, are we going to play Goldeneye all night till we cry? <laughs> Do you think that that's the breaking point is that Jared's going to finally ask them to like have a Goldeneye party? And they're going to be like, no, no, Jared, no more. That's it. Too much. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I think Jared, what kind of video games? He plays like Mario Kart, right? He doesn't play Goldeneye. He doesn't. He's got like he's got like Mario Kart there. I want to be I want to be Luigi, and you guys could be whatever. You could be I don't know the rest of the characters, but he doesn't have an Xbox. I'm sure he doesn't have uh, anything cool. He's he's not playing first person shooters. He's playing like Mario Kart. He he plays the Wii. I think he only plays like golf. Like his he plays actual golf, and then the only video he plays is like video game golf Uh to get better at actual golf. The kind where he has like the screen, you know, that he kind of actually hits a golf ball into the screen. I gotta work on five, dude. I I know it's Saturday, yeah. we got a game tomorrow, but I've got to work on my five. I'm working on my handicap, bro. So, um, I think, uh, yeah, I I think uh, Whitworth and Goff, I think that they have a good relationship. I feel like they um they have some nice long talks on the uh, on the plane. I feel like uh, it's a mentor-mentee relationship. Um, I like the it. age I think, difference. I think has, is, how, that's got to be a deal, right? Andrew Wentworth is old enough to be his dad. Well, yeah, well, be like a yeah, like a fourteen-year-old <laughs> dad, but sure, old enough is old enough. Dude, like I'm from Texas. Texas. He's old enough to be his grandfather. 
<laughs> yeah. But they're uh, you know, special people. They're special guys. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I think uh, I think I I I think uh, I think Whitworth is a, is a really good influence on Jared Goff. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what their personal relationship is, but I would assume. Well, I mean, you've seen was it last uh, spring when Goff went to like Whitworth's kids' softball or baseball yeah. game, like t-ball game or something, right? Supposedly, you know, he does that kind of stuff frequently. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you don't do that just because you know. All right, I gotta go do this thing. I'll be back. I think he, you know, he just. I think he's just a good dude that wants to hang out with another good dude. And uh, like you said, he comes to be his dad. He probably has some of that, maybe not dad thing, but, you know, hey, it's an older guy I respect, and I really enjoy his family, and they're cool. And I, I just think there's a couple of good dudes. I do, good dudes. I do wonder if, like, if Whitworth's mentorship extends, like, far beyond football and is into, like, etiquette and almost like the Bull Durham kind of mentorship. You know what I mean? Where he's like teaching. <laughs> that's nah, that's nah, wait, an awesome analogy. Wait a second. What you wear? Is that a black belt with khakis? Boy, you better take that off. You better go get you. I got a brown braided right here in my bag. Hold on, you can have this. No, I'll keep it. No, I'll keep it. That's a that's a Hagar. That's a good belt right there. <laughs> did he do the Did he do the full thing about the shower shoes having fungus on the shower? Jerry, you can't have fungus on your shower shoes. <laughs> or you can't go barefoot on the towel. My daddy used to always say, "You go barefoot on the towel, you ain't gonna be able to walk a mile. You better put some on them toes. You're taking a shower now. Come <laughs> on, young him, man. Did you call it meat and nuke as well? Come on, meat. God, throw the ball harder than that. Meat. How, how you going How you gonna throw the ball with trench foot? Come on, young man. <laughs> what I what I told you, blackberries on Sunday, raspberries on Monday. You better listen now. I'm teaching you. <laughs> Learning. This is Jared, this is how you learn to play football. This is all part of the game. This is all part of it. It translates to Sunday. You need to get a haircut, son, is what I'm saying. You look raggedy. <laughs> First round draft pick can't be walking around with that raggedy surfer boy hair. Get yourself cleaned up, son. You got press conference. You look you look like a first round pick on the field. You look like a six round pick in the mirror. You better clean up, son. What's wrong with you? He's not Sean Mannion. He can't go out there like the backup gets away with that look, right? He he can look like the you know the the, the homeless uh, skateboarder. Jared can't get away with that. Andrew's Jared. It's so fascinating. I do wonder, though, once – I mean, I'm assuming, and I hope it's a fair assumption, that that if Sean Mannion's going next year, the backup quarterback position is going to be one of the funnest ones to fill in this team because you, you could do it with almost anybody, and whoever does it is getting locked into – I mean, there's going to be no chance pretty much to play out of injury. But I do wonder if that's going to be another one where Andrew Whitworth's got to teach him how not to play and just coach him on all the non-football stuff. <laughs> I, just, I just wonder how, how much fun that backup quarterback position is going to now, be. Now, do you think, do you think uh, Jared's daff, uh, dad has Andrew's Whitworth's uh, like phone number and send him, like, all right, will you please talk to Jared about? I bet they, hang out. I bet they hang out. More than Whitworth and Jared. I bet Whitworth and Jared's dad Whitworth hang out. Dad? Will you tell him to call his mother, please, Andrew? Because <laughs> she worries about the boy. After that, after that, Jared, talk to your dad, Jared. You need to call him on Wednesdays <laughs> and Sundays. Now listen here, you ain't talked to your mama in a week and a half. What kind of man supposed to play quarterback that don't talk to his mom? Look, come here. Let's dial her right now. You can take my phone. No, you better sit down. You call the mama right now. <laughs> 
We're going to talk about You got to let her know. That's mama, she done raised you. You had to leave her out of the game. I ain't going to block. I ain't going to block nobody. Vaughn Miller going to sack that ass if you don't call mama. Is what's going to happen up in here. <laughs> you better type up that sbcglobal.net email right now, Jared. I don't care how many gold eyes you done played this week. I don't care how many piss rags you done cleaned up. Boy, you oh man, this place looking like a hog star. <laughs> Cooper, Cooper told me how how shoddy you keep your your apartment, Jared. He told me when he was living with you for those two months when he first got drafted, all the shit you would leave in your bathroom. Gotta, you, you don't want to give, give Cooper give hand and mouth disease, do you? <laughs> Take care of your offense, son. That's your money. You got to work on a Cooper. You got to work on a Cooper Cup uh, impression. Oh, you, you there, God, there's Cooper, Cooper Cup. Cup uh, uh, what's the right word? Interaction this weekend. Some some kind of Cooper Cupisms, were they not? Uh, yeah. Do you want to hear that story? I definitely. Uh, yeah. So absolutely. After the game, I'm working my way out of Seahawks Stadium, and uh, the brain trust there decided to shut down one of the four ramps that get you out of the entire stadium. It was awesome. So they forced us to the to the north end. We had to go down these ramps there. So it took forever to get out. And uh, the ramp that they closed down leads to the the locker rooms, the tunnel. And so you saw a lot of family. I saw a lot of family members there. Sent some Ebicom's family. He's from Portland, so he had a number of people there. Um, but as I'm walking by, there's a group of about 30 people all wearing Cooper Cup jerseys. Range from little kids to adults to grandparents. I'm like, this is the Cup fam. He's from Yakima, Washington, which is about a three-hour right. drive from me, from Seattle. They all came up for the game, whatever. I'm like, I'm walking by. I'm wearing, I wore my cup to the to the game. And this little old woman is like, that's a fine Oh, by the way, man. saying that you wore your cup to the game uh, might be construed <laughs> by some fans. Please continue. He has the I, Cooper Cup cup that he... I, I had my cup, my cup, cup on. Yeah. So has nobody this, done this, that? Has nobody made a Cooper Cup jock cup? That's a that's a like missed a opportunity there. We've Ram got like the heads in the end zone. We need the cups in the in the end zone as well. <laughs> Decorate the cups the night before. We should get Sky working on that. Uh, so this woman points out, and she's like, you know, that's a that's a really great jersey you got there. And I look, I'm like, this is an opportunity. And if you ever met me in person, I'm not bashful. I'll talk to anyone. I walk over and introduce myself. Right, right introduce myself. Just start talking to her. And uh, she tells me she's Cooper Cup's grandmother. And so I'm like, you know, I'm a big fan of his. Uh, my daughter went to, went to college with him. And, you know, and she's best another... friends with Andrew Whitworth. And she's, she's great friends with Andrew. Uh, so um, <laughs> his other grandma walks over and she introduced me. Well, this is Cooper's other, other grandma. And if you don't know, Cooper Cup's grandfather and father both played in the NFL as well. And uh, so I was ta- just, you know, small, small talk with them just real quick. And uh, this older gentleman walks up. He's rather large. Silver hair. I'm like, well, this this is a big dude, and this must be Jay because his grandfather. And so he walks up and he looks at me. He goes, "You're that Seattle Rams guy." I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. It's just embarrassing every time it happens." But he looks to his wife. He says, uh, "You know, don't trust this guy. He uh, he didn't get Cooper on his fantasy team this year." And so she started laughing, giving me a hard time. It was it was a cool moment. Um, his all the all the younger cups were looking at me like, "Who is why are, why are my why are my grandparents talking to this this old dude?" Um, but it was just cool, you know, just talking to his, his grandparents. His, his the first old grandma was like a little tiny, like a little tiny grandma. Really nice. They were sweet, very nice people. So did you You're invite them to your Cooper Cup 
themed 55 year old 55 uh birthday parties no but um, i am invited to the cooper cup family of thanksgiving uh so i'll be i'll be going over for the weekend Ooh, i'll I'm awesome. gonna bring them i'm gonna bring them the green bean casserole and with the with that delicious you know cream of mushroom sauce and i might even dip into the candied yams from the can with the marshmallow on it i hear mm, i hear a couple loves that so I just hope I can impress them with my mad cooking skills. I, I got the I got the Thanksgiving you know, classics that I just don't want to let them down. Joey, <laughs> what 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 players uh family Thanksgiving would you like to be invited to? Um Marcus Peters. Um oh, God, that very great. Oh, that would be great. <laughs> <laughs> Good call. Yeah. Yep. That's not even touching that one. That's that would be special. Um, I'm going to go with Michael Brockers. Could you Brockers. imagine that? Want... You reach for the turkey yeah. leg. Could I you can. imagine the, the Marcus Peters, you reach for the turkey leg? Boy, don't you be, don't you be touching my, that turkey leg. <laughs> and <laughs> it's you, your turn. <laughs> you know what's funny about Marcus Peters is we all know him as this brash, crazy, outspoken guy. I guarantee you at Thanksgiving, Marcus Peters don't say shit in front of Grandma. Marcus Peters <laughs> so... has those lips sealed tight. Ain't nobody make him go get a switch. Marcus, oh my oh, God, get your ass out there and get switched. Wow. I'll take oh, I'll take the Oakland out your ass. You better shut the <laughs> hell up. Um, this weekend in college football, it was a weird one. Uh, did you guys watch anything, Joey? Did you watch any college football? Uh, like a hot like a hot second. I think Why I was watching something. Why did you watch? Did you, you watch? Ask. We don't have to talk. We have to talk about that game. Did you watch anything were, else besides that? The rubble. The rubble. The rubble. They were down big, and then they made a valiant comeback. Came only back. two. Stick it in my heart with you. because that's what they do. That's what they I'm do. Sorry. sorry. It was interesting. For people who have no idea what we're talking about, Washington, UCLA, uh, 31-24, Washington. It was very close. Some fun moments. Some fun moments for Dorian Tyson Robinson. Showed some flashes of what he could do. Uh, they're just not there yet. Uh, UCLA moves to 0-5. Washington moves to 5-1. Other than that, it was Texas OU. That was a great game early on. Oklahoma went into the fourth quarter down 21 points. Tied it up only for Texas to kick a game-winning field goal. Florida was able to outlast LSU. Uh, you had a bit of cannibalization across the SEC where Texas A&M beat for 13 Kentucky. And then Mississippi State was able to hold off Auburn in the cowbell-themed environment down there in Starkville. It's a weird college football season. I think that's what we're getting. You've got a top four of Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, Clemson that is just so far out in front of everybody else. And I, I get it. Notre Dame's there too. But, uh, you know, overall, it's just this top tier, and everybody else is just kind of eating over each other. It makes for a fun environment. We'll get to a little bit more, more in the preview. It's time to wrap things up. We talked so much about Seattle. This was an exhausting game. It was almost an exhausting podcast, not in the fact that it made me tired, but it took so much out of us. It was injuries. It was ugly. It was a slug. It was an actual slug fest. There were slugs. I think I saw a slug on the field. It was, it was one of those kind of games, the classic Rams, Seattle Seahawks rivalry game. I'm glad you were there, though, Rob. It was good, it was good to yeah. know that, that this is the kind of game that you need to be at because you're the ambassador up there, and I think uh, the game lived up to that kind of billing. It was, it was absolutely uh, lived up to a Rams, Seahawks, slugfest, ugly, physical. You never know what's going to happen. Um, and I tend to think that those are – those are the norm, and not last year. Last year was the, the anomaly. Ugly, physical, and you never know what's going to happen. The Netflix write-up for The Girl Next Door. Joey, uh, we, we're done with the game. 
It's over. We made it on to Denver. How do you, what do you think about getting to Colorado? Have, have you been to Colorado before? Uh, yes, I have. I've been there um, been there many a times. I've driven past the stadium, but I've not seen a game um, at their whatever company currently runs it. What, what's the name of the Mile High Stadium now? Is it like some Rush bank Crenshaw, or something? Rush Crenshaw Stadium. He lives in Denver. Oh, Rush the Crenshaw is. Stadium. <laughs> Rush Crenshaw <laughs> Memorial Stadium. No. Yep. Uh, as of right now, uh, it's Broncos Stadium at Mile High. They do not have a current not Ooh, L- sponsor. No, it was previously in Mexico. It was previously Sports Authority Field. As of right now, it's Broncos Stadium at Mile High, and they need somebody to help out. John Elway is letting you down, Bronco fan. You need that wonky name. Yeah, I, I know um, that they're – oh, go ahead, Joe. Well, I'm just going to say I, um, I'm not that worried about their defense. I mean, who knows? It'll probably surprise me, but I feel like I feel like our our defense is going to, um, you know, hopefully beat up Case Keenum. And, um, you know, give who him, knows? We'll be talking about how concussion. Case Keenum's game of life next in week. In an empathetic knows. way. Beat him up in an empathetic way. Right. Oh, of course. Of course. I mean, his pride, Joe. Not his, not his brain. <laughs> <laughs> Beat up his emotions, not his. Yeah. Um, yeah. I do want to make him cry because he much, sucks, not because he has a concussion. Well, fair enough. Good man. Um, I know that we've got our trolling base of fans on Twitter. I do wonder. Stan Kroenke owns the Colorado Avalanche, the Denver Nuggets, and the Colorado Rapids in the MLS. Bronco State Mile High could use an investor and a sponsor for the name. Uh, do it. Walmart Sam. Field. Do it. Walmart Sam. Field. Do it. Do it before the preview episode. We'll be back with another episode of TSR this week. Kyle, let's go. We out. We out. Ram it. Hey guys, come on in. Yeah, no. Uh, uh, take off your shoes or don't. Um, I've got shoe hangers over here on the left. I've got flip flop hangers on the right. Sandal hangers, slider hangers, uh, Balenciaga hangers. God, you can go ahead and put yours on there. Uh, yeah, come in, man. Make yourself at home. I've got 
maruchan. I've got like every flavor, dude. I've got the new picante chicken. I've got lime shrimp. No, I know. No, I talked to my mom this week. She said you don't do it, but still, man, you got, bro, you got to try it. It goes so good with tequila, bro. You have no idea. Welcome to Quick Trip. Hi. Um, I need some kind of excuse to order another QT pretzel. Wow, that's pretty honest. Yeah, I've been eating a lot lately. <laughs> Have you tried all the flavors? Oh, yeah. Even the pumpkin one. Well, they are only $1.99 for a limited time. So you're saying if I don't get one, I'll miss out on the deal? Uh, yeah. You talked me into it. The latest deal at Quick Trip. Get any pretzel for $1.99. No excuse needed. QT, more than a gas station. Welcome to Quick Trip. Hi. Um, I need some kind of excuse to order another QT pretzel. Wow, that's pretty honest. Yeah, I've been eating a lot lately. <laughs> Have you tried all the flavors? Oh, yeah. Even the pumpkin one. Well, they are only $1.99 for a limited time. So you're saying if I don't get one, I'll miss out on the deal? Uh, yeah. You talked me into it. The latest deal at Quick Trip. Get any pretzel for $1.99. No excuse needed. QT, more than a gas station. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seemed Smart. It Seemed Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seemed smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission, or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.